Hey, you're listening to Fanboy Strike Back Weekly Review Podcast, episode 32. Strike Back Weekly Review Podcast. I'm David. I'm Eric. And we are the Fanboys of Strike Back. Every week we read the comics that come out. Uh, one of us will write a review on our site, Fanboy Strike Back. We'll write a review of the what we thought was the best book that week. And then we'll come here to the podcast and we'll talk about that best book and all the rest of the books of the week. We talk about everything in this podcast, so there are going to be spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you want to pause the podcast and come back later. And this week, you know, some some books have been hit or miss lately, so for our top five, we're going to do our top five books that we think need a little reboot. Mm-hmm. But with with that being said, Eric, you had a you had a choice for the book of the week this week and I was I was very shocked by what you picked, to be honest. You know, so was I. I first off I picked Superman Batman annual number two. And this was a book I, I picked up, I didn't, I guess I just picked it up because I thought, well, what the hell, why not? I'm, I'm reading the book currently, and I like the book, and Joe Kelly wrote the annual, and I really like stuff Joe Kelly has traditionally done, but I didn't have any lofty expectations for it. And actually, like, it was, when I pulled my stack of books out, it was on the top, and I was like, nah. I, I threw it to the bottom because I was really not looking forward to reading it. I thought it was... Which was stupid, because I bought it, but I, it looked more like a chore <laughs> than anything. So I was like, well, even though I, I know the writer, I just, I, I, I don't know. And I've been enjoying the book, I was like, well, there's other stuff I'd rather get to. So I'm getting through my stack, and I'm like, well, yeah, there wasn't a, there wasn't a whole lot of great stuff this week. And then I, I remember I still had this to read. And I picked it up, and I read it, and it was surprisingly pretty damn good. I, yeah. I don't know where this came from, either. Um, again, I'll, the the story is written by Joe Kelly and the art is by Scott Combs. Joe Kelly, typically, he's done some stuff in the past. Um, for me, the most notable thing he's done was uh, Legacy: The Last Will and Testament of Hal Jordan, Great. which uh, which I loved. I, I know David, you're not a big fan of it, but what it did was it was a character study of Hal Jordan through the eyes of his old sidekick uh, Tom the Mechanic, and it explored. What I love about it, 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 it looked at Hal as both a hero and a villain, and this was before Jeff Johns Wright conned it to say he was just under Parallax's influence. Like, this is when Hal was still considered kind of a bad guy, and he had right. been dead for a while. And what they said was, you know, okay, there was, even even though he did all these horrible and unspeakable things that, you know, that there was good in him, and there was always that one part of him that, that Tom could honor. And I really liked that theme. I thought, well, damn, that's a really good way of looking at it. And really, like, I thought it was really well done. And unfortunately, most of that story seems to have uh, found its way out of continuity. But what he's done here is he kind of took he took Superman and Batman and took the icons, and he did something that, yeah, it's out of continuity. It's kind of a reimagining of some point in their early relationship before they were really friends. They were more just they knew of each other but they weren't friends at all. And they're both very untrusting of each other. And uh, 
what we see is they 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 both kind of bicker back and forth. They're both very very different, and and, and it's nothing that we haven't seen before. But but they they get to working on the same case, and basically it's this villain who kind of grants these people certain people's uh, life wishes or something like that. It, it's it's really odd, but he kind of makes them face their fears, but also in the process robs them and most of these characters end up horribly disfigured and stuff like that. But um what's what's really good about it is he takes the icons of Superman and Batman and really reminds us why we're inspired by them. And especially with Superman, in this story Superman loses powers and like I written my wrote in my review, then it's nothing that we haven't really seen before. It's just this was done really, really well and it reminds us like, okay, you know, this is why we like Superman, and okay, and then they had moments with Batman and, and Dick Grayson, and th- this is why we enjoy Batman. And it took the icons in their very early status and showed why they work well together. That even though they're different, they're both very much the same. And there's this moment in the story where Batman's kind of coming around to Superman. He, Superman's been without his powers, and Metropolis has kind of fallen apart, and and uh, people people are still hoping that he'll show up, and Batman's kind of trying to keep peace in both cities and he asks Dick Grayson he's like well you know you can what do you think about him and you know don't be afraid to speak your mind and, and Dick says well he's awesome and Batman's like well it's obvious you know flight and vulnerability and, he, and Dick's like no no that that's not it you know when he says truth justice in the American way it's not just he's saying that or it's not just an idea he like he he fully believes in what he's doing and he says and don't get me wrong like Gotham City needs Batman and Robin, but the world needs Superman. And I was like, that's so true. That's, like, I'm not even a big Superman fan, but that's exactly how I feel about Superman. Is yeah. like, he's that inspiration. And yeah, uh, I can agree with that. Yeah, and so uh, there there was just a lot of the, those types of moments in this book. And I, when I got done, I was like, damn, that was, that was really, really good. And, uh, so yeah, I was like, this this has to be the pick. Like it was it was definitely underrated, but it kind of slapped me across the face, and I didn't see it coming. So yeah, that that definitely was the book of the week for me. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'll give give you that. I might go back and pick it up. Um, you know, one book that I do want to talk about real quick. What's that? Countdown to Final Crisis number six. <laughs> you don't you don't sound happy about it. Okay, first of all, I, oh gosh, I don't know where, this is one of the worst comics I've ever read in my entire life. It's really difficult, because the whole time you're not even, well, you're supposed to be on our Earth, but you're not in our reality, so. Well, here's, okay, (laughs) here's, um, here's a little story. I went and saw Alien vs. Predator Requiem, Okay. Not 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 the greatest decision on my part, right? Okay. But yeah. it was a it was a really crappy movie, and then it basically ends. And then at the end, there's this scene where you see this female Asian businesswoman, and you've never seen her before in the movie, and all of a sudden she's making a transaction that has something to do with the plot, and then the movie actually ends. So. No, you haven't seen the character for the whole movie. You see her in the last five minutes. Here we go. We're on issue six of Countdown to Final Crisis. 
we're getting to the point where the great disaster is upon us, and we see all of this through the eyes of some scientists on a different Earth that we've never seen before, ever. Right. It makes no sense at all. Well, I don't think he's going to be a main character. It's just, like, his point of view. It it was an odd choice to do, like, right in the middle of this huge story because they haven't done that. It'd be one thing if the whole story was narrated from somebody's point of view that that wasn't involved directly involved like if it, it, it was yeah especially at the at the end like we're at the like the final like there should be a lot of momentum going on you know and like we should really be like i'm not sure there should be something very big happening with all these characters because they're supposed to come from point a to point b and i mean the great disaster is is really just a virus because it didn't seem like disastrous at all like i didn't care well, at all it was See, I thought it's a big deal because every everyone's on on Earth is infected, but and and basically at the end, Hal Jordan flies off to another planet to get help, but he's carrying it, so he's going to spread the virus to everywhere. But it's not our our universe, so is it going to spread from universe to universe? And then at the the only other notable thing that happened in this was Karate Kid died, and it, it's not even like he's fully dead. They did an autopsy, but they they keep saying something inside of him is still alive. So I don't like that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, I, I'm sick of this alternate reality stuff. Like, if you're going to unleash a disaster and have us care about it, and bring it home. So, but, And the, the big thing is that, like, this is talking about the Great Disaster. And the Great Disaster was first mentioned, like, a long, long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, years ago. And I just, I mean, is this really the payoff? For that, I mean, the Great Disaster was supposed to be something so big, and even in the context of this happening on this Earth, like it didn't make any sense. You didn't feel anything because you see it through the eyes of a scientist who's isolated in a lab. So, like, you're not seeing the worldwide picture for the most part. You're not seeing that this is a big deal. Like, I had like no, I was not involved in the story at all. I was like, this is a great disaster doesn't really seem like a big deal i don't care i mean like i really i've been very vocal about how much i don't like this book but i'm really trying like i'm trying to give it like so many chances and it just keeps on letting me down well we got five issues left so i blame you something's gotta happen nothing's gonna happen (laughs) nothing's gonna happen it's counting down to nothing it's totally responsible we'll go into a book where something very very big happened uh, Captain America number 36. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, the, said quite the doozy at the end. This was, I mean, the main story was, was all good. You know, it's it's just pure goodness that we've been expecting from uh, Brubaker, you know, throughout this whole story. And there was a lot of good Bucky as Captain America. And, you know, I don't even care that he carries a gun anymore. He uses it really well. But there was this excellent moment. Like, I, I want a book with him and Black Widow because I mm-hmm. love them together. And you know, this is the this was the first because they kind of flirt and uh, Natasha says that she's not going to be working with Bucky for a while, but that they both kind of remember the good times. And I think this is the first time that we actually see Bucky smile. Yeah, no, it was that was a great page. Uh, but yeah, was... it, you know, I, I I thought that was a very very little heartwarming scene. But at the end, uh, the, the book leaps off with Sharon Carter trying to escape from uh, Red Skull's hideout or whatever and she gets into this laboratory and she finds basically uh, the body of Steve Rogers in in like a 
looks like one of the Bacta tanks from Star Wars. <laughs> Bacta tanks. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, this could be a clone. He could be. This could be the real Steve. He could be in suspended animation. Who knows? But okay, hey, how would they get his body? I don't know. Unless I don't know. It's. I I have no clue. Like I didn't see that coming okay, at all. Here's here's the part that I like. I saw this and I was like, no, because and I know like. Steve Rogers eventually is going to be back. Yeah, like yeah. that's it's it's a given. You know, there Bucky. As much as I love him as Captain America, I'm sure he's not going to be Captain America forever. And right. the, the funny thing is, a lot of people out there on the internet community think that yeah, he's he's just the new Captain America. He's going to be Captain America from now on. Like I I don't think so. I think Captain America. I think he is, will be Captain America for a, a while. Yeah, uh, a good a good long while. But right. Steve Rogers will be back. But Steve Rogers will come back, and, and that's the whole thing is, you know, even the public in the book knows that Bucky is in Captain America. Like, when he stands up and tries to talk to the crowd, and they're like, screw you, Captain America's dead. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And he kind of just walks off, so on. But yeah. I, I, this, to me, I was like, oh, the, it seemed like, no, don't let the ride be over yet. You know, I wasn't, I'm not ready to yeah. have any, even hint of Steve Rogers coming back yet. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to trust that Brubaker knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously the fact that Sharon is pregnant with Steve's child is a big issue, and that's something that he keeps on throwing out there, but he hasn't actually addressed. And, like, even the Red Skull knows now. Yeah. But, um, this, this, I don't know. This was the end of Act 2, so Act 3 is going to be starting off next month, and I'm yeah, guessing that's going to be the resolution of this whole thing. Like, you know, it's it's been going on for a, for quite a while now. So yeah, I I don't know. I have no clue. I'm not even sure if Brubaker is going to be writing it after his his trilogy. You know, the third act is over. I hope so. But we know that Bucky is Captain America through Secret Invasion and everything. But you know that ends in well after September. Yeah, after summer and you know in the next so. Week. Because yeah. next February it'll be two years. No, what two years yeah, since Captain be. America died? Right. So yeah, I mean it's getting to be a while, and that's about how long Superman stayed dead. So yeah, that's true. That's true. But it was still good. So was, I guess we just yeah, have to. It was, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I was just like, oh man, that was that was huge. Yeah. Um, Thor number seven came out this week by. Straczynski and oh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. It's Marco Durjevic. Maybe I'm sorry, Michael. Um, and I I've been talking about Thor, how much I loved it, and that I was sorry to see Oliver Coppell leave. And this was the first issue with Marco on it. Um, I don't know. This seemed it was a little hit hit or miss with me. Like, he has very dark, very realistic arc, so it's, it's very... It's like what I would think that Thor would actually look like. Um, it's very... They look like Vikings. They're very large and dirty and burly, and he has great art. It's just not what I've been used to in the book. But um, the story was actually good. Kind of like I talked about last issue, 
Thor had to make a decision on whether he was going to bring back all the gods. And he was kind of struggling with that decision because he he kind of felt that his father Odin had wasn't leading the gods in the right way. So basically what Thor did at the very end of the issue is that he, he uses all of his power to bring back all the gods except for Odin. So he gets back to the castle and he has to go into the Odin sleep, which is basically like a coffin for him to replenish his powers. And he, he does this, but when he closes the coffin, Donald Blake appears. And so, basically, while, while Thor is in the, the Odin sleep, Donald Blake, they're, th- the two are separate. And that's never happened before, so they're kind of trying to deal with this, and Donald Blake doesn't really know what to do. Meanwhile, while Thor is in this Odin sleep, it's basically like an alternate reality, and Odin is actually there. And Thor has to struggle with the fact that he basically had the chance to bring his father back from death and he decided not to do it. And, I don't know, it's actually a really touching story. It was a story of Odin just telling him, you know, basically every son has to step out of their father's shadow. And that's what you're doing right now. So, I, I didn't like the art all that much, but this is still a really, really good book. And I'm still so surprised by, like, by how much I, I like it. And... Right, it pretty much ends with Thor is still in the Odin sleep, in which he's somewhat vulnerable, but apparently no one's supposed to be able to get to him. But we see Loki is kind of looking and scheming, so something's gonna happen. But this book is so good that the first six issue trade just came out, I think, last week. So go find that and buy it. It's good, Eric. Okay, it's right. good. I'm reading Countdown for you. You can't pick up Thor for you me. You are reading Countdown for me. You're curious. Oh hell, like <laughs> like hell, I am. <laughs> uh, book you should be reading is Robin. I I, oh. I say it every month, but this book is damn good. Robin sucks. And you 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 shut your mouth. <laughs> but uh, basically, this issue it revolves around Robin trying to track down a, a thief kind of a Robin Hood-esque thief named Violet who's uh, robbing a lot of like casinos and, and stuff like that. A lot of a lot of ill-gotten goods she's taking and she's donating to charity and then she takes her own cut off that too. But she's also getting help for, or he, Robin, is also kind of being watched by someone dressed up as Spoiler. And we've seen that through Gotham Underground and we've seen it a few times in this and nothing's really come out of it yet. But at the end of this, like, Tim's basically on top of the building, and he's kind of reflecting on how things are going for him. And in the background, we see her, and at first, and I've been to the the thing as it's not Stephanie Brown, like they're not. It's just someone wearing her costume because in Gotham Underground, we saw Penguin giving Spoiler's costume to a young woman, and it was he kind of pulled her aside, and she was going to be acting as an agent for the Penguin and stuff like that, but it didn't make any sense. And I'm like, it can't be Stephanie, but in this one. She pulls off her hood, and from a distance, she says goodnight to him. And it was, first of all, it was Stephanie Brown because she looked like Stephanie Brown. She knew Tim. So I'm like, okay, what's the, you know, you, you can't kill Robin anymore. I mean, they, they just won't stay dead. 
So apparently, oh, that's why you have the freaking Lazarus pits. Uh, like what? Stephanie Brown? Like she's gonna come back okay. crazy? No, um, I don't know. I mean, they they killed her with a power drill, man. Like they, you, you just can't. So it's really, it's really, really her. It looks like it. I mean, they, as far as we know, like she's gonna be playing more and more of a role in the Robin book. And so I'm like, really? Like it, I guess I'm okay. With it. I always liked her character, but. I'm so tired of people coming back from the dead. Like, am I the only one? So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's, well. Yeah, I don't know. And fi- fi- finally, like, if you're going to bring someone back from the dead, make it Bart. Because The Flash, <laughs> The Flash, number 238, I will, first of all, I will never get why they cut that Bart's run short and brought back Wally. And brought him back the way they did. Like, if they brought back Wally and did him right, fine but this has been right. it's been awful i've tried hard to grip my teeth and get through it the flash number 238 i'm sorry to say was my last issue of the flash i yeah, i cannot I, do it anymore it's my last two i had a couple last my, this is my last issue of jla this week too but yeah i mean and you know what's so weird is that the flash was probably at the top of its game with jeff john's run like it was it was so good. It was amazing. And then when Bart started, it was it was a little little iffy, but it got really really good at the end. Yeah, it was shaky for like two or three issues, which is which is ordinary for a new character in a new book. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta you know get your bearings. And then it got really good at the end. And then oh man, this has been just like oh a train wreck I don't know and I was like everyone was so excited because Mark Wade was going to be coming back and no like this is it's not good it's not it, good it's written poorly it's written out of character like this this is just ridiculous I can't first of all I'm I'm not a fan of of happy family books like if you're if, if there's a family they gotta be dysfunctional like the Batman family that's <laughs> That's the only way I like reading about it because I I do not like Fantastic Four. I do not like the cozy little Supergirl family, which is exactly. What is that? Maybe you need to look at yourself, Eric, and say. Uh, maybe yeah, there's something wrong? wrong with that. Maybe maybe there <laughs> is. I, I don't know, but I'm. It is what it is, and I can't take this. Yeah, this is this is way this is like Brady Bunch. Like, I mean, this is like the opposite spectrum. This is just like way too happy, go lucky. Uh, First and, and second of all, like this, for me, the way like Wally was complaining about money and stuff like that, it's not like he hasn't had jobs before. Like he could easily go back and be an, a mechanic, like he wasn't in John's Run or something like right. that. It's not like he's unskilled and you know can't find anything to do. But exactly. second of all, like he wouldn't go on TV and, and say something like this. Like actually, in 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 the Flash number one, when they started Wally's run back in nineteen eighty seven. He was kind of like that, and basically, like he, that story revolved around he had to make a, like planes were down and and travel was down, and he was trying to get a heart transplant organ from one side of the country to another, and basically he told the hospital he wants free health insurance to do it, and uh, it, it it pegged him as kind of a he he was young back then, like he was still a teenager or like nineteen or twenty. And he didn't know how to be a hero, a real hero yet. And since then, like, his character has evolved, and he is a true hero now. He's learned what it is to be a hero. 
And to have him just revert back to, like, how he was when he was, like, 19? No. No. No, I say. Oh, this was just awful. Like, I, I love The Flash. And to have it be like this is just horrible. Yeah, this is pretty heartbreaking. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, these kids are going to be around for a while. So I don't see things getting any better anytime soon. And then, of course, we have a final crisis. And we know that a Flash has to die in a crisis. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen to Wally in Final Crisis? Just make it happen to his kids. Bring back Bart. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was that. That was rough this week. So, yeah, that does it for the books this week. And so, coming off of that, we we were sitting around thinking, you know, there's probably some books out there that wouldn't hurt from a little reboot. You know, we've we've seen it recently with Powers and Criminal and and Spider Man and and Let's a few other books. And uh, X Men is even trying it a little bit. Uh, you know, the reboot is out there, and it's a tool to be used, and so what books could benefit from that, and also maybe what books could they bring back and reboot, you know, into a, into a new series. So, uh, with that thinking in mind, uh, my number five pick was uh, Batman Beyond. And yeah. if, they, if they did a Batman Beyond book, it, and it doesn't have to be in the Bruce Timm style, like, you could... I, I can understand why they don't do it, because they can't really put a cap on the continuity central Batman. Right. But if, if uh, like, it was easy enough to do in the cartoon because you can edit that story, you can end it if you need to, but you can't really do that in comics. But if they went, like, it doesn't have to be in continuity, like, it could be like Spider-Girl. But yeah, do, do, no, it, exactly. do it much in that vein and do it maybe with, you know, a little bit realistic art or something like that. I would dig that. I would be buying that so quickly if it was done well. Like that, it was a great concept and it was very underrated, but it was done well, and I would love to see that back. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number five is uh, something I've talked about quite frequently, and it's Young Avengers. Young Avengers needs to come back really, really bad. I mean, we're we're getting the miniseries with the Young Avengers presents, but. Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung started Young Avengers maybe four years ago, something like that, in those 12 issues, and that's it. And it was a huge success, and we've seen nothing since. It seems like, well, there was that Patriot book, and then, like, nothing after that. Like, I thought they were going to do a monthly focus on the... Well, no, there's there's a monthly. The the Hulkling book came out after that. Oh, I I don't think I, I saw it, so... Well, yeah, that one came out, and it, was, and it was good, and they're gonna do the rest of the characters, but there still is not a plan for Young Avengers 2. I mean, I think they're waiting for Alan Heimberg to come back to write it, and I just think that's a huge mistake. I mean, it took him so long to get the 12 issues out in the first place, and granted, it was amazing. It was a great story, but... I mean, Marvel is basically, like, sitting on this cash cow, like, sitting on this franchise that could be just so good for them and make so much money but they're not doing anything with it at all so bring it back okay uh, in a similar vein my number four is the Teen Titans mm-hmm. uh, this book and it seems like every time a new writing writing and art team come on it does get a reboot but lately oh, oh it's been bad 
It's been so bad. Ever since Teen like, Titans is on my list too. The reboot of Jeff, the, when Jeff Johns rebooted the Titans, that was fantastic. Like he found a group of characters that that worked well, and that and that's not completely to his credit. These were all characters that'd been around ten plus years, and they'd been working together somewhat in Young Justice. And he, what he did was he brought that fun dynamic and and added a little bit more maturity to it, and and basically made it more, more teen drama. But also pumped up the action. It, it was really, really, really well done. But ever since then, it's like the writers just can't find the right group of characters to interact. And I think another thing that's holding this team back is this group of kids, uh, and mainly I'm, I'm thinking of Tim and, and Cassie, they're, they're carrying around a lot of baggage from what's happened in the past couple of years. That needs yeah. that needs to be shuffled off. Like it, they've been dealing with it enough, and it need, they need to be free of that because lately all they've been in is they've been shackled to that. They've been shackled to the the future selves storyline. Like those were all good stories, and it's not like you have to forget them completely. But let them let them move past that, and then also with the other characters, it's like find something that works because you know. Kid Devil and Ravager, you know, at first they were good Kid friends. Devil, Kid Devil has to go. Yeah, he Sorry. does. But also, got, like, go. they brought in Blue Beetle, and he's, like, kind of not on the team, kind of is. Right. But as soon as he was there, Ravager's, like, just being horrible to the Kid Devil. And it's like, okay, we'll write them realistically. Like, I don't know if she'd write them off that quickly because they were good friends before that. Mm-hmm. And then Miss Martian, I can't figure her out at all. And, it, like, I have no investment in her, so I'm not trying that hard to figure out, and I'm just bored with her. So, f- find a group of characters that works. Please, someone, please! <laughs> yeah, Titans was my number four, too. Um, I don't know, like, I just... I They just need to stick to, like, the original sidekicks, you know? And just, just do it like that. Like, I understand that they're trying to make some of these secondary characters more popular and trying to introduce new characters, but like like I said, Kid Devil, he's gotta go. Like, he's been around, and they've, they've given him a lot of time to try to, like, make him an interesting character, but, like, I just don't buy it. Like, I, I can't stand the character at all. I think he gets worse and worse. Yeah, it's probably true. I mean, Miss Martian, I kind of liked her in the beginning. I thought it was a very good development that she was going, that she was a white Martian, but we haven't really seen anything happen, and I don't know, it, it seemed like when Jeff Johns was doing it, he had a clear idea of where he was going. And I think ever since he left, just kind of like Eric said, it's just like, it's just been going through the motions. The book isn't really going anywhere. There's no end point, or there's no, there's not, there's, it doesn't really seem like there's just storylines. It just seems like it's just there to be there. Yeah. And that that can be said about any, any story Jeff Johns really does, is he has a story that he wants to tell. He doesn't come right. in unprepared, and like he has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we saw that with Teen Titans, we saw that with The Flash, we saw that with Green Lantern, and we're going to see it with Superman. Mm-hmm. That's how he operates. And I think there's a reason why he's so popular, and there's a reason why he's such a good writer. I think a lot of other writers could really take an example from that. And I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, screw you. You know, It's nice to have something than Jeff Jones. Well, you're right, it doesn't have to be the same thing, but I'm talking in just like preparedness for what story you're going to write. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I don't want... What we've been getting with Titans, we've been getting people who come on for, you know, four or five issues and then they're off again, or less. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell a, a large, involved story with 
four or five issues. Like, I don't know, even, even when Paul Dini was doing Detective and he was doing one-shots, even all those one-shots were tying together a little bit. So, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I throw my hands up in the air. Drop it. So, uh, okay, my number three pick is the All-Star line. And this Ugh. this goes for all books. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. What what I thought the All Star line was gonna be was very much in like the Ultimate line in Marvel, like a, a modern retelling of these characters, like Superman being brand new nowadays, or you know Batman and Robin teaming up nowadays, which we're kind of getting, but they're insane. So yeah. <sighs> I don't, well, no, I don't that's know. not what like, we're getting because All Star Superman is like is Silver Age. Well, not not All Star Superman. I'm just saying that's kind of what Batman and Robin is. But they're, right. they're that story is not true to the to the characters. Like that's not that's not Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson in that book. So well, it's All Star Bruce Wayne, yeah. and some might argue that All Star Bruce Wayne is better than it's, the DC Bruce Wayne. Well, he's the All Star goddamn Batman. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's fun and everything. But I just I, I and I know I'm probably quite alone on the All Star Superman thing because people seem to love that book. And I, yeah, everyone yeah. loves that. I oh I hate that with the fiery vengeance. Yeah, I I don't. And, and you know say say whatever you will about copying Marvel and stuff like that. I was I it's not a bad thing to take that idea and apply it to your characters. Like it would be interesting to see a modern reboot when when Straczynski did Supreme Power. Basically, mm-hmm. that's that's what it was. It was a modern retelling of, like, what what would happen if Kal-El's spaceship crash-landed in 2008 Kansas in, yeah. the, in the current political climate. And it was... That was a damn scary story for a long time. It was very scary. But it was so good. And to have that set in with the real characters would have been fantastic. So that's kind of what I was hoping for, and I didn't quite get... Um, I don't know how long the Oscar lines are going to last because I don't know. And I know both those writers kind of have other projects that they're working on, and they don't come out really often. They they seem like they just kind of fall by the wayside and come out whenever they damn well please. So I don't know if they're going to do something like I I could very easily have a reboot where we get something a little bit more structured, you know, a little bit less. Yeah, because it's, it's bizarre, not even like there's. I guess. There's not even. It's not even like there's an all-star line. I mean, yeah, it's too. There was gonna be like there was gonna be a Wonder Woman and stuff, but it just didn't work but out. I think aren't they still gonna do Batgirl? Well, I think Batgirl's all-star Batgirl is just a part of Batman and Robin now. Like she's, oh, okay. they, they even made an action figure, and she was barely in one book. Yeah, she it was, just seems she was more or less a groupie. That's all. It almost seems like the all-star line ended up being like a. Uh, just like an exclusive writer's line. Just like to get Grant Morrison and Frank Miller together and just be like, do what you want to do. Yeah. That's right. that's basically what it ended up being. Which, if you like those writers, is a really good thing. Like, I know people, Grant Morrison fans love All-Star Superman. I mean, that book is, it won a whole bunch of Eisners, and it's, it's a fan favorite. But personally, you know, it just doesn't do it for me. So, um... Okay. My number three is the Justice League of America, which just had a reboot, but it needs another one. Bad. 
Yeah. And I'm sure it will get one, another one after Final Crisis. But, um, yeah, it, this came out this week, and we really didn't talk about it, but this will be my last issue, JLA. I don't know, it just seems, it kind of seems like Teen Titans, too. It just kind of, it just seems, it doesn't seem important at all. It just seems like, I mean, just to talk about this issue a little bit, it, it was all about them trying to find the prison planet and find out where all the villains are. At the very end, they're just like, oh, we didn't find the planet. Yeah. So we been, we wasted three issues of the story for absolutely no reason. It was the equivalent of them driving around to find, like, the nearest Olive Garden to find out that, like, <laughs> the Olive Garden had been shut down. Pretty they, much. They and ended I know... up on the wrong planet. They're like, oops. And I know that that's supposed to, like, be a payoff if you're reading Salvation Run and everything, but I'm not reading Salvation Run. So, like, I just really feel like I wasted my money on these last three issues. So, I don't know. I mean, I think, at least when Meltzer came back, like, it seemed... I don't know. It didn't. I was going to say, like, maybe it seemed like he had a purpose to it, but it, even then he didn't. Like, I want to see why the JLA is important, you know? Like, I want the modern Justice League to give me the same kind of emotion, like, that I get when I read New Frontier. You know, like, you need to convey to the readers, like the importance of this team and how they need to be together, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, I, and I, haven't, I haven't felt that at all. Like, I felt it during Identity Crisis, I definitely felt it during Infinite Crisis, but I haven't felt it since. Well, they, they haven't let this book just be its own book, either. Like, it's been tied up with the Justice Society crossover, it's been tied up in, in Salvation Run, it just it won't they don't let it just be and and even the notes around for what it was like i enjoyed it because at least it was a self-contained story and you know it didn't have to you didn't have to be reading something else to for this book to pay off right. and I, I i hate that i hate that you, they make you do that so there is a new justice society or excuse me justice league book that's coming up that's going to be like a I don't know, a more focused, proactive Justice League team, like a secondary team. And I, I don't know the roster or anything like that, but it's been talked about. I don't. It's coming out, I think, later this year. Okay. So my number two is uh, the, the Star Wars comics post-Return of the Jedi. And this goes back to, back in the early 90s, when the Star Wars Expanded Universe was really booming when it was first coming back. Uh, mm -hmm. there, was, there was both novels and comics set in the same era, and where we had the novels like the, the Timothy Zahn trilogy, like Heir to the Empire and stuff like that, we also had the comics like Dark Empire, Dark Empire 2, and those were fantastic comics. And they kind of give you visuals about like how the new starships looked and you know what's happening with the, the core characters and stuff like that, and you know, what's happening with Han and Leia's children and stuff like that. And the comics kind of died out, but the books kept going. And what I would love to see is, uh, well, now we, in the Expanded Universe, we're about 40 years after the Battle of Yavin. You know, all, all the main cast of characters' kids are grown up and, and things are happening. I would love to see comic books set in that same era. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking about comics of the books, but comics... New new story set in the same time frame. I think that would be really good, just to give us an idea of, you know, 
how how modern are things getting or or how not modern but features how what's the look of everything at that period and if we could get right. like artwork like air or like dark empire had i think that'd be fantastic and i know there's books like uh legacy which is set like 140 years after the movies but i i, I want something about the same time frame as the book something keeping up with them Okay, fair enough. Um, my number two is The Flash. I kind of already talked about this. Yeah. But, you know, that's just... Whatever. <laughs> it's just not good, and... Just like Jail... I mean, everything in DC is going to get a bit like a reboot after Final Crisis. I mean, that's what happens after every crisis, so... I'm assuming that there's going to be big changes, you know, for the Flash coming up, and I look forward to those changes. But this was my last issue of the Flash, so. Yeah, my number one is actually the Flash, and we we already talked about it in length. I don't know because Final Crisis, each crisis kind of has a uh, stigma of rebooting the universe. I don't know if this one's going to actually reboot the entire universe. Cause, well, I don't think it's going to reboot the universe, but I think, obviously, it's going to be a big deal, so that books, it, the status quo of books are going to change after it. Yeah, well, I, I know some are, but, like, they've, they've gone to say, like, this one's going to be much more self-contained, because they don't want how everything, all the other events have kind of gotten out of control. They learned something with Sinestro Corps, where a much more contained story could be told, and you don't have to buy a bunch of peripheral books. Right. So, but you're right, though. Every time a crisis happens, a Flash seems to die, so that's getting to be kind of a hokey gimmick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like something something has to be done with this book. This is a flagship character for DC, and I will never understand the editorial decision to kill off Bart and bring Wally back like this. Like, was, yeah. did, was anybody asking for this? I don't think so. Yikes. Um, my number one is Ultimate X Men. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man, does this book suck? <laughs> oh, this book is so bad. Um, and actually, you know, I think Ultimate X Men might be getting canceled because after Ultimatum, apparently there's going to be one less Ultimate title, and I'm I'm assuming at this point it's either going to be Ultimate X Men or Ultimate Fantastic Four that goes. I think, but um. You know, this book started out so strong, and it had just great writers, it had, you know, Bendis was on it, uh, Miller was on it, um, it, it, it hasn't been, it's just, and it's just been recently that it's gotten pretty bad, and, like, Robert Kirkman, I've heard a lot of great things about him, and, you know, I hear The Walking Dead is great, and, but he's done an awful job on Ultimate X-Men, in my opinion. And it's just getting... It's getting so convoluted. And it's basically everything that sucks about, you know, the Marvel continuity X-Men that's going into Ultimate X-Men, where there are far too many characters, and alliances are getting all mixed up, and, like, you have to basically study to know who these characters are and what they're doing. And it just it just seemed like such a good idea to to reimagine the X Men, but to to give them a little bit of a twist. And I think they kind of settled in their old ways a little bit too much. Where Jean is Jean is still the Phoenix, but she's like 
she's crazier than the the regular phoenix and it's tied to a cult and it's just like no you know don't do that just first of all don't make her phoenix or i don't know i think they just it seems like it, it just got lazy like they forgot what the ultimate line was supposed to be it was supposed to be something modern but it also was supposed to be something a little bit different and it, it the book has just been terrible like honestly i still buy it but i don't think i've read the past like three issues just because like i'll i'll start to read it and it just sucks and i know that they're doing this thing with apocalypse right now and i'll pick it up and i'll buy it because i'm a loyal fan and i'll start flipping through and i'll feel like i can't do this so i mean at this point i will welcome either a reboot or a cancellation because the book just is terrible yeah from what i've heard i don't think that book is long for this world so yeah well, if you have a uh, top five of reboots that you want to see happen, you can let us know at contact at fanboystrikeback.com, or you can go to our website at www.fanboystrikeback.com, and you can go to our forums page and post on our topic for this discussion, and or you can reply to any of the other topics we have out there. We don't care, any of them, you know, that'd be, we, we would love to see you on there. So uh, we also write a weekly uh blog about the book of the week that comes out, or that we pick each week, and that's where we post them. And we put movie trailers and photos and all kinds of other comic-y goodness on there. So uh, please stop by and check it out. And you can also find us on iTunes. iTunes, Podcast Alley. Um, if you do like the show, please leave us a review. Uh, tell your friends, word of mouth. Uh, try to spread the show. Let people know. Um, like Eric said, come to the forum, um, post your own stuff, post on our stuff, let yourself be heard, and then, yeah, come over to the site, uh, we'll have movie trailers there, we're gonna have some links to the upcoming, uh, Emerald City Comic Con that we're gonna be attending, which is gonna be the Seattle Con, it's actually gonna be a, a huge show, uh, we went there last year, which was great, but this year it's gonna be a little bit bigger, and, um, they're even gonna have Dan DiDio there, so I think Eric might try to sit him aside and... Tell him how to run DC. We're, right? we're going to sit down and we're going to have a little talk about Bart Allen is what we're going to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. So we're going to throw some stuff on the side about that. But um, I think that does it for this week. Um, here's hoping that some some reboots happen and some books get better. Yeah. So uh, until next week, I'm Eric. Don't take fame. Don't need no telecom.